Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara. And this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of 31-year-old Connie Francis Leonard, who disappeared from Dayton, Ohio, in November 1995. On the day Connie was last seen, she told her mom she was going around the corner to the store. However, Connie never returned, and no one in her family ever saw her again. Connie had four children when she disappeared, and they do not believe that she would have abandoned them. Almost three decades after she was last seen, her children, who are now adults, hope that heightened attention to her story will provide them with the answers that they have been seeking. This is Connie's story. Whenever a family member reaches out to me, I try my best to cover the case. The fact that they reach out to me is one of the most humbling things that happens to me as the creator and host of this show. Connie's story was brought to me by her daughter, Angelic Leonard. And as we celebrated Mother's Day this weekend, I can't help but think about people like Angelic and her siblings who have spent their lives wondering what happened to their mom. Mother's Day can be hard for many people. It's easy for those of us who are fortunate to have healthy relationships with our mothers to forget that not everyone has that opportunity. Some people never knew their mothers or their mothers have passed on. Some people have toxic relationships with their mothers. There are also those who have lost their mothers to violence or whose mothers have gone missing. My heart goes out to everyone who has experienced that loss, whether it be physical or emotional, and those who may find Mother's Day to be triggering. 27 years have passed without Connie's children knowing what happened to their mother. She disappeared when her children were young. Her oldest child was 13. The youngest children, including Angelic, have very few memories of their mother, but it has not stopped them from trying to find her. Sadly, they have been unable to find any answers to Connie's disappearance for almost three decades. There are a lot of unanswered questions regarding Connie's disappearance, and her lifestyle may have contributed to the lack of urgency in her case. Outside of her children and family, few people are aware that Connie has been missing. When a missing person is discovered to be living a high-risk lifestyle, it seems as though the police, as well as the public, become less concerned about them. When I do interviews about the podcast, people often ask me why I think that people don't care about the stories of missing Black women and women of color like they do their white counterparts. And it's a complicated question to answer. But for the people who listen to this show, I'd like you to think about what makes you care about a story. Are you more sympathetic towards women who live seemingly perfect lives compared to those who live high-risk lifestyles? 
Is there a part of you that doesn't care about the addict or the sex worker when something bad happens to them? I mean, many people are guilty of passing judgment on others' choices, especially if we believe that those choices led to their downfall or their demise. The reality is that no matter what a person chooses, they often leave behind a family and children who care about them. These people deserve the same answers and peace as those whose families you perceive as undeserving of the fate that they met. When Angelic contacted me, she said she didn't know a lot about what happened to her mother. There aren't a lot of news articles or TV news segments about Connie. In fact, there aren't any. And so the story of what happened to her comes mostly from her daughter. She's tried to get attention for her mother's story from other podcasts. However, the lack of information about her case makes it difficult for some people to tell her story or build an episode around it. But regardless, I wanted to tell her story. Telling her story will, at the very least, bring attention to her case, which is why I tell these stories in the first place. When a daughter comes to me and asks me to cover her mother's story, whether I have a hundred articles to research or none, I will always try my best to tell the story and bring attention to it. Although this is a true crime show, I hope that everybody who listens to these stories remembers that these are real people and their stories are real, as are the families that they left behind. This show is a community. It's a community of people who care about these women, their families, and their stories. For several years before Connie was reported missing in 1995, she had been going through a difficult time in her life. And although she struggled with addiction, her mother was able to provide her with the support that she needed, and this allowed her to remain a part of her children's lives. She was born on August 11, 1964, in Dayton, Ohio, where she was raised all of her life. Connie's parents were Ella and William Leonard Jr., and she was the youngest of the six children born to them. I'm not sure if Connie ever completed her high school education, but it is known that she attended Patterson High School. Connie became pregnant with her first child, her oldest son, Chris, when she was just 16 or 17 years old. The fact that we do not know if Connie graduated from high school implies that if she did not graduate, being a young mom may have contributed to her dropping out of high school. According to Connie's daughter, she was a very laid-back person who loved to joke around. When Connie was in her 20s, she gave birth to three more children, all girls. In Connie's story, one of the pieces that are missing is the details of her life. However, what has been established is that at some point, Connie became addicted to drugs. The drug of choice for Connie was crack cocaine. In the 80s and early 90s, Connie, like so many other people, fell victim to the crack epidemic. It did not take long for crack to destroy one life after another once it was introduced. Like many cities across the United States in the late 1980s, Dayton was ravaged by the effects of drugs and people who became addicted to them. At the time, the economy of Dayton suffered, the crime rate in Dayton skyrocketed, and many young Black people were killed or overdosed as a result. Although Connie's daughter isn't sure when or how her mom became addicted to drugs, she found out that she wasn't the only one. In Connie's family, many people have been afflicted by addiction, according to her daughter. As Connie battled her addiction, her mother Ella helped her raise her four children while she struggled. 
And despite her addiction and her absence at times, Connie would always come back home to be with her children. The assumption that people often make is that addicts are not loving parents or that they don't care about their children. And in many cases, however, this assumption is just not true. I heard many stories from the children of addicts who say that their parents love them. Unfortunately, addiction causes people to lose control. It's one of those things that has the power to just destroy lives. But it's not surprising at all to hear from Connie's daughter that her mother would not have abandoned them. As of 1995, Connie's children lived with their grandmother, Ella. At that stage, it was quite common for Connie to leave her children with Ella. However, her daughter recalls it was always for short periods of time and that she would always return back home to them. It doesn't matter how little memories they have of her. They remember that she always came back. But in November 1995, Connie walked out of her mother's home, and this time... She didn't come back. Connie disappeared for brief periods of time quite often, so it's unclear the exact day when she was last seen. But on the day Connie was last seen by anyone in her family, Connie told her mom, Ella, that she was going to go around the corner to the store. However, she didn't come back. Now, due to Connie's addiction, Ella wasn't immediately concerned at first when she didn't come back right away. Ella was probably always worried about her daughter as the mom of an addict, but she couldn't do much other than wait for her to come back. By December 1995, Connie hadn't been seen or heard from in weeks. Since there were no cell phones in 1995, they had no way of contacting Connie to make sure that she was okay. And so they really had no choice but to wait for her to return or for her to contact them. But After weeks of being missing and no one hearing from her, her family reported her missing on December 1st, 1995. For a woman that had been struggling with addiction, her leaving did not cause immediate alarm. Even for her mother, who had been dealing with the things that come with having a family member addicted to drugs for years. And so it's not surprising that when the missing person report was filed, police didn't pour all of their resources into finding her. It just wasn't important to them. But for Connie's children, she was the most important person in the world. At the time, their mom walked out of the door and never came back. There was no way for them to know that they would never see her again. But for 27 years, they have been haunted by their last memories of her and all of the answers that they have not gotten. You guys know that I love the break-in protection that my Simply Safe home security systems give me. But it's not always outside forces that you need Simply Safe's protection from. Meet Amy, a Simply Safe customer and a chronic sleepwalker who lives near a four-lane highway. One night, a few months ago, she sleptwalked right out of her bedroom and then continued out of the front door. Now, that is a dangerous situation. She could have been heading for a big accident. Luckily, as she walked out of the house, the Simply Safe entry sensor on her front door triggered the 95 dB siren in the base station. That is loud. Loud enough, in fact, to wake her up before she wandered into the street or some other trouble. Seconds later, Amy even got a call from Simply Safe checking to make sure that everything was okay. Amy was a little groggy, but she was just fine. Amy actually says that on that sleepy night, Simply Safe saved her life. 
Protecting people in ways they never could have imagined is just one of the reasons more than 4 million people use and love Simply Safe. My favorite part about Simply Safe is that it allows me to keep my family safe at a really affordable price. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash girlgone. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash girlgone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In November 1995, Connie Frances Leonard, 31 years old, told her mother that she was going to the store. She was never seen by her family again. As a result of her crack addiction, Connie's life had been tumultuous over the years. Her mom, Ella, was helping her raise her four children, but despite her addiction and propensity to be gone for short periods of time, she always made sure to come back to be with her children. Now, police weren't notified of Connie's disappearance until December 1st, 1995. By the time police received her case, no one in her family had seen her for weeks. Because of Connie's drug addiction and being away for different periods of time, her case dropped down on the priority list. In fact, there's no information about an investigation into Connie's disappearance. Sometimes Connie used sex work to support her habit, and she was often seen soliciting on the west side of Dayton. However, it's unknown whether police ever interviewed anyone who might have known Connie. There were no missing person flyers for Connie, and no searches appear to have ever been conducted for her. In in 1995, there was no internet and no social media for her family to turn to. It's unknown whether or not Connie's family sought answers from the police at that time. And Connie's children were too young to do so by themselves. Now, after Connie's disappearance, her four children were raised by their grandmother, Ella, in her absence. According to Angelic, nobody in her family ever really talked about Connie or what happened to her. I know some of us can relate to having a family like that, where there is a reluctance to talk about bad things that have happened in the family. As Connie's children grew up, what happened to their mother was kind of like a family secret that no one ever really talked about. When it came to her youngest daughter, she had so many questions, but she was hesitant to ask other family members what happened. However, as the years pass, the unanswered questions haunt them more and more. It was hard enough to have your mother disappear, but it's even worse to not know what happened. And since no one in their family has really discussed it, Connie's children have had to deal with it alone. Following Connie's disappearance, there was no information about her or what happened to her. Connie's four children grew up and became adults, but they never lost hope that one day they would be able to find out what happened to her. 
Ella, Connie's mother, also didn't speak much about Connie and eventually developed dementia. Once Ella was diagnosed with dementia, there was no hope for Connie's children to learn anything from their grandmother about her. Angelic tried to investigate on her own over the past few years, but has found herself hitting dead end after dead end. She has reached out to the detective who was assigned to the case in recent years to see if she could get any information. However, they always tell her that it was just still an open investigation, nothing else. Police, however, do not have much information to begin with and have never been able to provide any useful information to Connie's children. As part of her own investigation, Angelic discovered another young woman went missing around the time her mom did and was also never found. Like Connie's story, the young woman's disappearance is shrouded in mystery. It's unclear what happened to her, but her name is Dawn Sneed. And what is known is that in 1995, Dawn was 27 years old. And during Christmas Eve of 1995, she was last seen by a family member. And after that, she was never heard from or seen again. The media never covered her disappearance either. But there are some similarities in the disappearances of Dawn and Connie. One, both women have the same complexion and build. They were also about the same age, Dawn 27 and Connie 31, and both disappeared about a month apart from Dayton, Ohio. Also, Dawn was alleged to be an addict. The similarities between the two women are difficult to ignore. Despite this, we cannot determine if there are any connections between the cases without any additional information. Angelic believes, however, that they could be connected. Ella died a few years ago, but before she did, dementia had stolen all of her memories, so she couldn't answer the many questions that her grandchildren had about their mother. Many of the family members who were around during Connie's life had left the area, and those who might have known anything about Connie have been reluctant to speak about her. Her children's only hope after 27 long years is that bringing attention to her story will encourage someone to come forward. When Angelic contacted me and I decided to cover the story, I knew that there wasn't much information about Connie's case. And I'll be honest with you here, if I had found Connie's story on my own, I probably would have not covered it because there's no information at all about what happened to her. However, the knowledge that I have now about Connie's children and their struggle for answers makes me happy that I was able to do at least this for them. There's no way that I can tell you a long story with many layers and a lot of information. However, I can tell you that despite her addiction, Connie was a loving mother whose children miss her. Connie's children know that her lifestyle, as well as decisions made in her addiction, may have contributed to her disappearance. However, that doesn't change the fact that they also believe that something happened to her. Whether she suffered from addiction or not, the people she left behind deserve to know what happened to her. While searching for information on her mother, Angelic has poured over the Doe websites, hoping to find a match to her mother's description. But to date, 
she has not been able to locate any remains that matched Connie. Often when a person goes missing, their family just wants you to know. They want you to know that someone they love is missing and that they are trying to find them. From the beginning, Connie's case received no attention at all. And whatever information that they may have learned 27 years ago has been lost. For now, Connie's children hope that more attention will help them find out what actually happened to their mother. More than likely, someone knows something about where Connie traveled on the day that she went missing. Even a tiny piece of information could be enough to get us to the truth. After all this time, it's unlikely that police will just rush into a new investigation without any credible information about Connie's disappearance. Despite the fact that we have so few details about her disappearance, she deserves our attention regardless of her choices in life. Today, we know that addiction is a disease. And no matter how you become addicted or what you choose to do while you're addicted, people are not disposable once they become addicted. The story of Connie is a very short one. It's the first story that I've covered where there's no information at all. There's not a single news article, not a single statement from police, not even an official missing person flyer. Connie, if not for her children's efforts to get her story out, might have just as well never disappeared because no one was talking about her. But she did disappear. And regardless of whether she left on her own or not, her children know that had she been able, she would have returned home by now. Even with Connie's absence, her children did their very best to carry on with their lives. But she missed so much. She has nine grandchildren she's never met, and four children whose memories have faded over time. Angelic, however, told me that she is never going to give up finding her mother. She was just two years old when her mother disappeared, the last of her mom's children. And for years, she has searched for anything that might help her figure out what happened to her. This is something that her and her siblings both want to know. As much as I wish I could do more to help Connie's children get closure, all I have right now is this podcast and you, the listeners. While I'm unable to directly assist them in locating these answers, I can inform people that Connie is missing and that her children are searching for her. So listen to the story and know that you're giving Connie and this family the attention that they haven't gotten. The last time that Connie Frances Leonard was seen by her family was in November 1995, when she vanished from Dayton, Ohio. You may hold the key to unlocking this mystery if you're listening from Dayton, Ohio, or the surrounding area, and remember Connie, or any information about her movements around that time. The tiniest bit of information, if it's the only information you have, can make a big difference in comparison to the nothing that there is now. I will include Angelic's email in the episode notes, so if you have any information or if you have any memories that may be helpful, please contact her or contact the Dayton, Ohio Police Department. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. It also helps our show grow. As always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.